0: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, a joint effort from the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program, Suffolk University Law School's Advanced Legal Studies, the Chicago Bar Association's Law Practice Management and Technology, and the Massachusetts Bar Association. Each month, episodes are presented by nationally known experts on a range of legal marketing topics including promoting, growing, and marketing your law firm and or practice. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to today's Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Webinar. I'm Jared Correa, and I'm one of the practice management consultants at Massachusetts LOMAP, where we provide law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. Now, either you've tuned in live or you're listening to our archived podcast via Legal Talk Network. Regardless of how you're listening, where, or what else you're doing, we're happy to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about internet marketing, and we're going to hear from Fred Cohen, of Zola Creative. We're very pleased to have him here today. Before we get started, I'll just give you a little bit of housekeeping. Um, If you're not a presenter on this call, your uh, telephone or computer audio is muted. So we're gonna take questions via the chat function on Zoom meeting. If you've got a question, fire it in, and I will rudely interrupt Fred and get that question to him. So don't be shy. Fire questions away. We'll make this as interactive as possible. Um, Fred will probably go for about 45 minutes as far as the presentation is concerned. And from there, um, we'll wrap up. and uh, You'll have a chance to ask any questions that are unasked during the live portion of the presentation. So, Fred, I will leave it to you to provide an introduction of yourself and um, Zola. And uh, you can jump right into it. So thanks again for sure. coming in. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Jared. I'm very excited to be doing this. Um, So as you said, I'm uh, the founder and uh, president of Zola Creative. And uh, we've been working with law firms for um, about eight years now. And uh, we have uh, law firms that we're serving all around the country, big and small. And uh, we try to create really powerful, impactful websites for them, um, as well as content and uh, marketing and messaging and really the whole package that's involved. Um, in terms of creating a, um, an effective online presence for them. So uh, I'm going to start this presentation um, with a, a short review of the ABA model rules uh, because I'm going to be just touching on uh, some uh, attorney advertising-related concepts. Now, uh, with respect to... Um, uh, the ABA model rules, of course, they're not binding unless they're adopted by the specific states. And as of now, there are 49 states that have adopted the ABA model rules. Um, so to the extent, of course, that they are adopted, um, they're binding. Um, and, you know, th- there are certain things that are aspirational and there are certain things that are um, enforceable. And one thing you need to um, keep in mind um, is with California, California, um, as with a lot of other things, um it kind of has has its own um, version that, that that's significantly different than the ABA model rules. So that's something you need to be aware of. Um, it's it doesn't closely follow the model rules as do many other states like um, like New York. Okay. Um, and I always like to start off with this quote, uh, from the ABA, um, it's become less relevant nowadays just because, um, it seems like pretty much everyone, um, is convinced that having an effective online presence is critical, um, for the success of your firm. So, um, you know, there isn't, there isn't much convincing to do, uh, uh, anymore, even, even with, um, uh, some of the, the skeptics that used to exist. Okay, so a couple of reasons you want to have a website. Number one, um, obviously, it can help you gain more clients. Um, It's an opportunity for you to kind of showcase your expertise and enhance your uh, credibility. Um, A lot of times, you might get referrals, so uh, just for what we call referral validation. A lot of times you'll still get checked out before the person uh, goes ahead and contacts you and your, your firm. Um, and also it's, it's an opportunity for you to kind of exercise some control and dominion over the information that might be, um, out there about your, um, uh, about you or your practice. So there might be, uh, some uh, pesky grievance matters or, um, you know, certain online reviews or you might've made campaign, uh, contributions. So if you have a website, um, chances are it's going to come up pretty high in the search results of somebody searching for you. And again, it's, it's a place where you have control uh, over the information that's published about you. So take advantage of it. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be talking essentially in, in four different um, sections today, um, starting with design and, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks, um, are, you know, very hyper-rational and uh, sometimes they can be dismissive um, of the value of design um, and, you know, ignore the kind of like the science that's really behind over, um, that's behind a lot of the decisions we make uh, with respect to visuals. So to illustrate that, uh, we're going to play what I call a game of chicken, Um, but not this game of chicken, a different game of chicken. So um, this was a study that was conducted with diners, and they were presented with two pictures of chickens. Uh, one on the left, as you can see, um, uh, let's say you know isn't as attractive, and the one on the right um, is uh, you know very sexy and beautiful. Um, and they were told that the chicken on the left is tasty. Uh, they didn't make any comments about what the chicken looks like or anything, and they said the the chicken on the right is natural and healthy, and Overwhelmingly, the diners said that they wanted natural and healthy chicken. So they did the same thing again, except they swapped the labels on the chicken. And this time they said that the less attractive chicken is natural and healthy, and the chicken to the right is the tasty one. And again, overwhelmingly, the diners selected the tasty chicken. And you know, when they were told to justify their decisions, they, they said, well, you know what? They, they kind of gained non-visual reasons. They said, you know what? I'm, I'm just really, I'm interested in, in the taste or some people will, will point to the fact that they're looking to eat healthy. Uh, so the effect was almost subliminal on them. So it's not just about having something that's visually attractive. Um, it's about being remarkable. Um, I'm not sure if uh, many of you folks follow uh, Seth Godin. Um, he talks about the uh, driving in the countryside and there are pastures to your right and to your left. Um, and there are black cows and white cows and Holsteins. And um, and after some time, you know, you're driving, the cows uh, become invisible. And, you know, until you come across the purple cow, um, you know, you, you don't notice them anymore. Um, so what can we do, um, you know, to our marketing to, to kind of be that purple cow that, that stands out. So, uh, this is of course really important because now, um, as consumers, we have more and more choices than we ever did before. And, you know, we have less and less time. So it's really, really important to be able to capture, you know, your audience's attention as soon as possible, as early as possible, uh, with something that's really captivating and different and remarkable. Okay. So, um, your website is unremarkable if, you know, the layout, if it's just kind of like stacks of rectangles or, you know, if you have that conservative color scheme, you know, like navies and maybe maroons or, um, you know a uh, gold or maybe a rich green color so um you know you're not going to really stand out um if your website's lacking visual tension I'll talk a little bit more about that um that's kind of like presenting uh, visuals in a way that is um slightly different than you expected and of course uh you want to avoid legal cheese which is that stuff uh because you know they can figure out pretty quickly that you're an attorney, and so many attorney websites nowadays have that kind of imagery, and you're really not going to be remarkable and, and stand out if you're relying on those concepts. So um, I'll show you some designs that we've done to kind of um, to help lawyers uh, be remarkable, but at the same time communicate their expertise. Um, this is a site that we've done for a uh, very uh, prestigious financial litigator. And we use the concept of a three-handed chessboard. Uh, Financial litigation is a challenging game. Put a consistent winner on your side. So that's one way to do it. Um, This is a site uh, that uh, uh, we're doing for a firm that uh, represents um, identity theft victims. And... Um, incidentally, this happens to be purple, but this could be any any color. We use uh, spot coloring, which uh, means we, we kind of make most of the background uh, black and white, and then we use tints of a particular color. Um, in this case, we pick purple. Uh, again, it's a color that stands out, um, and of course, that, that fish is just you immediately perk up and take notice. What is that saying? Um, I'll show you some other slides from this um, uh, this attorney's website. So, uh, Guard Against Financial Predators. Again, you see a um, shark, school of fish around it. Not something you would normally expect on an attorney website. Level the playing field. There's a t- uh, turtle uh, climbing on top of the other. Um, and you could use metaphors. Um, so this is one we uh, we did for a firm in um, in Atlanta, and essentially um, they're using the metaphor of a knot um, with very bright colors that really pop. And of course you can use, um, language. So there's not a website that we did. Um, this is, uh, Morrison Forster. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's a big firm, um, big, uh, international law firm. And, um, you know, a lot of smaller firms maybe necessarily wouldn't have the um, the confidence to to use this um, as a tagline, but it certainly is captivating, and uh, you know accomplishes its uh, objective in that regard. Okay, so now we're going to come uh, to uh, section two, search engine optimization, and search engine optimization is essentially everything that you do uh, to convince the search engines uh, that you're your website should come up higher on the search result pages uh, when somebody performs a search so if your website is uh, effectively search engine optimized obviously you're going to get a lot of relevant traffic uh, and incidentally SERPs is an acronym for a search engine result pages you can impress somebody with that okay so before you do uh, any kind of search engine optimization you kind of need to step back um, and think about you know, what are the, what are the keywords that people are searching with? And, um, you know, what kind of content you need to have on your website? Um, so that search engines can, um, can present your website when somebody's doing those kinds of searches. So typically you want to do some version of your practice areas, uh, with some combination of your geolocations and as well as your profession. So, um, a classic example would be, uh, you know, personal uh, injury attorney in, um, in Omaha, let's say. Um, and you could do those in different permutations. Now, things have gotten a little bit more complicated because um, if the user doesn't en- enter in a, um, a geolocation term, the, uh, search engines, of course, uh, can use your IP address to figure out um, approximately where you're located. And they can present websites um, that, that, are, that have a local presence in that geolocation um, near your IP address. Um, so, there are things you can do within your website to enhance that signal to the search engines in terms of what, where your location is, in addition to just having the uh, important geolocation keywords. Um, and then, with respect to practice areas, there's a lot that you can do. Um, and I'll speak about that uh, in, a, in a little bit. Um, if you want to get ideas for, for keywords to, to find on um, a lot of times laypersons will find kind of colloquial, non-technical keywords to search for a particular type of attorney. And, um, as attorneys, sometimes we're not cognizant of those terms. Um, so one thing you can do is, um, if you just sign up for a free AdWords account on Google, um, you can, they have a keyword tool where essentially you, you enter a, um, a, Keyword or or a set of keywords, and it's going to suggest um, similar keywords that uh, users might use to find that kind of service. Okay, so there are two categories of search engine optimization. Um, The first type of search engine optimization is everything that you're doing on your own website, hence, it's called on site optimization or on-page optimization. Um, And depending on where certain keywords are located within your website, it can communicate uh, stronger or weaker signals to the search engine as to what the subject matter of your site is. um, And that has a big impact on where it might appear on a search result page. So if you have important keywords in your domain name, that's a very strong signal that your website or a page on your website is very relevant for a particular search query containing those keywords. Um, And uh, the analogy that I make is to that of a book, kind of domain name could be title. So uh, back in the day when you were actually doing your research in the library and um, the subject matter that you were researching happens to be the title of the book, you would immediately pull it off the shelf. And kind of like the search engines kind of use a similar methodology. Um, then there are other important hotspots, um, such as the page title. Um, and the page title is um, is not what you think in the content area, although that does send some uh, strong signals too, but it's actually the section that's in the browser bar um, all the way on top. Um, so it would say something like Google Chrome, and it's the same place where that's listed. It's just previous to that. So the technical name for it is a meta title. So if you're working with a webmaster, uh, you want to make sure that your page titles are highly optimized with those keywords that we just discussed, the practice area keywords, the geolocation keywords, and the profession keywords, the profession being um, attorney, lawyer, or law firm. Um, incidentally, uh, Google's gotten so smart, they call it semantic search. So it has a lot of artificial intelligence. You used to need to kind of feed it, um, you know, attorney, lawyer, and law firm. You you don't really need to do that anymore. Um, so whatever your preference is, you know, if you use the word attorney, the search engines know uh, that it's synonymous with lawyer. Incidentally, I I mentioned Google just because it has, you know, about 75% market share. um, uh, I generally use it synonymously with a search engine. So if you hear me say that uh, most everything that is uh, effective for optimizing with Google will will be just as effective with uh, Bing. Um, which also runs Yahoo search. Um, another element on your website is a um, is the, is the menu system that you have. Uh, that might be a menu bar on the top, or, or some websites have a menu bar on the left side, and that's analogous to a table of contents. So if you have again important keywords, so if you have. Uh, you break down your practice areas. Let's say if you're doing estate planning, um, you know, let's say include, you include in that incapacity planning, estate tax planning, wills, trusts, um, you know, the different, different aspects of, a, a of what an estate planning attorney does. Um, each of those pages and each of the links to those pages would send a very strong signal to, to the search engines. And then finally, there's something called a sitemap, um, which is, which can be visible or not visible. It's essentially just an index of all the pages on your website, and that's kind of fed to the search engines, and the search engines use that to determine uh, what all the pages are on your website and where they're located. Okay. So now I'm gonna talk about off-site search engine optimization. And these are things that are, in some ways, um, outside of your direct control. Uh, because it's not the information that's on your own website, but what are the other sites on online saying about your website? And what are they communicating about the relevance or quality of the information that exists on your site? So um, this has become a big component of effective search engine optimization because it's gotten too easy for a lot of um, savvy uh, website operators to, to optimize their websites. For particular keywords, and in fact, sometimes they've kind of abused it um, in some ways that that kind of maybe overstates their relevance. So um, one of the things that Google did um, when they started, which was very innovative, which is essentially they used a voting system online to determine, um, to co- you know, how, how what the, what the quality of your content is, and essentially they use links to determine that. So if you have a lot of inbound links from third-party websites linking to your website, not from your website, but to your website, Google sees each one of those links as a vote on the, on the authoritativeness of your website. Um, so uh, if you think about, for example, a site like newyorktimes.com and there is an article, uh, about immigration law and you're an immigration attorney and you are, um, you know, you have a quote in there and maybe there's a link to your website. In that article, uh, uh, that um, uh, that uh, link from New York Times will transfer a lot of authority to your website. The authority is determined by the size of um, uh, of the dotted line, and also it has a lot of topical relevance, um, and that's determined by the solid line, and therefore the total link value, which is determined, which is presented or represented by the the gray circle, that's, that's sending a lot of um, value to your website in terms of both authority and topical. Uh, you might have a link, let's say, on um, Food Network for whatever reason. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you're an amateur chef and somehow you mentioned and there's a link coming to your website. Um, so the topical relevance uh, is very small, uh, but of course, the authority is very large. But that doesn't help you that much. Um, it still helps uh, because, you know, there's there is a highly authoritative website linking to yours, but that's not optimal. And the converse of that is, you know, if you have a link from maybe a colleague of yours that's an attorney, maybe he just threw up his website. He isn't that well known yet. His own website doesn't have a lot of links coming to it. So you have uh, topical relevance. Again, that's represented by the big circle, but there's not a lot of authority Uh uh, that the website has, so the total link value is still not very significant. Um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take advantage of it, you know, or that it's useless. Um, but it just kind of helps you focus on kind of trying to get the most high-value links as possible uh, for your website. Okay. Black hat SEO. Um, this is essentially what. Um, either site operators themselves or people that the, that they hire do to uh, to kind of optimize their search rankings in ways that search engines see as being tantamount to cheating. So um, well, one of the older techniques that, uh, that they used to uh, do was to uh, was called uh, uh, keyword stuffing. Uh, which is essentially to repeat of the same phrase, like personal injury, attorney, personal injury, attorney, personal injuries. They used to do that in like a white font with a white background. So that was kind of like a very easy cheat um, that the search engines got wind of very early on. And um, and incidentally, you en- if you engage in these kinds of activities, you get uh, de-indexed, which is kind of like your website going into purgatory online. Um, so you're not not going to come up in any search results. Um, there are other techniques, um, which are kind of like, um, pass through pages where, um, where maybe, uh, your website presents certain type of content to, to the search engine when it's crawling your website, but to a regular user that would see completely different type of content. Um, and again, search engines have gotten smart and they can figure all these things out sometimes, um, you know, very savvy kind of hacker type individuals will find uh, some vulnerability with the search engines or or some exploit uh, to kind of get you some quick rankings but invariably the search engines find out about them and um, they will penalize sites that are utilizing those types of techniques um, before i move on let me just talk a little bit more about um, i think we Practice area keywords. So again, this is, this is a really big topic. If you have, um, again, any kind of practice, you want to show that you're very serious about it. You don't want to say, hi, uh, you know, uh, I'm Fred Cohen. I'm a great lawyer. Please come hire me and just have a bullet list of, you know, of your practice areas. Uh, you want to devote at least one page of content, um, to every kind of like sub, category of each practice area. So if you're doing immigration, you want to do it for each type of visa or deportation defense. Um, and you really want to kind of go into depth with each of those. And if you have, um, video FAQs, those are fantastic. Um, regular FAQs are great too. Um, and those tend to perform very well with search engines. So whatever your practice is, if you're doing personal injury for different types of injuries for different, uh, types of accidents, um, Again you want to make sure you have a full page dedicated to each of those uh, and that not only helps helps with search um, it also really helps resonate with potential clients that are looking to retain you because you you know you're addressing something that is totally spot on with respect to what their um, uh, you know what their issue is or what the problem that that needs to be solved um, Another thing you need to do to help uh, to resonate is uh, mention the types of clients you represent. Do you represent, um, you know, uh, franchisees? Do you represent, uh, you know, restaurant owners? Uh, specifically mention the type of clients. And if you can get, um, you know, testimonials. Um, obviously, this is an ethics issue. You, they need to be. Uh, you need to get written consent, and it can't be generally for a matter that is still pending. Um, um, but that'll go a long way and you can kind of strategically put them. So if you have a page devoted to a particular, um, pr- a practice area where, uh, a particular category of clients are represented, uh, you might want to strategically place a testimonial, um, from that company, or at least say that, you know, if you represented a well-known client, again, if you have permission, you can put their, you know, business name or individual name, um, to, to highlight that fact. Um, other types of success stories, um, include obviously if you've been able to get compensation or, or large recoveries for individuals or, um, yeah, you know, any kind of, uh, outstanding outcome you've been able to achieve on behalf of your client, make sure you, um, you state that on your website. Um, of course, again, be aware of ethical issues. Um, uh, you, you know, most states require you to state that, uh, uh uh, that you know that you might not be able to achieve uh the same result um, uh, uh, you know for for them for their this specific situation and um, some states including Florida actually require the site visitor to acknowledge that before even seeing the success stories uh so some states are very strict in terms of presenting that kind of information um So speaking of disclaimers, um, obviously you want to have an overarching disclaimer, um, that the information, um, you know, is not legal advice, um, that it's not intended to be legal advice and it's essentially just general information, um, and that they should consult an attorney, you know, for their specific situation. And that should generally be accessible on every page. Um, some states require some version of attorney advertising disclaimer, like New York requires attorney advertising. Some states require this is an advertisement. And some states have specific font size requirements um, with respect to, to um, having that disclaimer. So uh, just uh, check your own uh, uh, state ethics uh, guidelines. Uh, claims of specialty. Uh, this is another... Um, uh, you know, kind of a, a a problem i noticed on a lot of websites. Um, and it doesn't have to use the word specialty or we specialize in. So any kind of synonym that implies that, um, you know, you have to be careful, um, that, um, that, you know, you either, if your state, um, actually does certifications, um, you and you have a certification, then you can mention that, or you can say that you specialize in, in that area, or let's say if it's if it's something uh, federal, let's say you have uh, you're admitted to the patent bar, um, you can make those claims. Um, if you practice in multiple states, uh, many states require that if you do mention a specialty and you have been certified in a particular state, you have to state which state that you've been certified in, so so that somebody from another state see that, you know, they can clearly tell that, that your certification was not necessarily from the state in which um, they might be retaining you. Um, Again, uh, outcomes uh, or testimonials, uh, you want to make sure that um, you can't be generally, again, you have to check with your, but according to the ABA guidelines, it can't be with respect to a matter that's still pending. Uh, theoretically, because you can still mess up. Um, If you've been paid, uh, or I'm sorry, or if if you've paid someone to give a particular testimonial, you need to state that, which um, kind of uh, undermines any benefit that the testimonial uh, uh, might confer. Um, And uh, again, as with uh, the results, you want to make sure prior results uh, don't guarantee a similar outcome. There's kind of a catch-all with respect to ethics, um, which is any kind of statement that might be false or misleading, and that could be um, uh, statements that might technically be true, uh, but to an average user, they might be perceived, you know, in a way that's misleading. So, um, be careful again with words like specialized or expert. Comparisons is a very tricky area, um, you know. Best, better, cheap, cheapest. Um, uh, you want to also uh, be careful with uh, images. Again, um, these are state specific, but make sure you know if you uh, you you don't want to present um, uh, individuals that might be implied as clients. Or um, there are some states that have rules against portrayal of uh, judges or using actors to portray uh, lawyers. So uh, those could be problematic. Um, Slogans are great. Uh, we do a lot of taglines for our clients. Um, obviously th- you don't want to be too cheesy with them. Um, but, uh, from an ethical standpoint, uh, you don't want to imply an ability to, uh, obtain a particular result. Um, and incidentally that goes true for a, a lot of other things. Essentially any kind of marketing that you do, you you have to be careful about, um, implying an ability to obtain a result. Another thing, um, uh, you might be required to have your name uh, an address and telephone number. Um, and if you state that um, you speak a particular language like Spanish and you might only do so by appointment or uh, you might only do so at a particular office, um, some guidelines require you to explicitly state that information. Um, Okay, this is again something else you need to check. Um, Some states will require you to retain all your marketing materials, including your website. So, uh, digital is generally okay, as far as uh, I understand, there is no specific requirement uh, in terms of uh, the format, i.e. whether it's digital or printed. Uh, but you, you definitely want to maintain copies of your, um, your website anytime you make a major change. And some states actually require you to do it at a minimum interval, even if you don't make a change. Um, if you have, uh, if your website platform allows you to automatically uh, create revisions, uh, for any changes you make your web for your website, um, that's a great tool that's kind of like you can set and forget, um, and, and not have to worry about, you know, having presented, you know having saved each copy. And of course you want to make sure if it does have versioning, it does, um, date stamp all the, all the changes so it can easily be backtracked. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, selecting a domain name for your practice. Number one, you want to keep SEO in mind. Um, having, uh, practice area keywords in there is very helpful. Um, of course, if you have multiple practice areas, that's definitely going to be more challenging. Um, having a geolocation keyword, like maybe a two-letter state designation, can be helpful too. The um, thing with that is, is that you know, if, if you do move, that could be a little bit of a problem because it's not as versatile. Um, but then again, you might, you might change your practice areas um, you know, uh, throughout the life of your practice as well. Um, and there are things you can do to kind of migrate a, uh, a domain name. Uh, while transferring any authority that it has. So don't get too freaked out about having to change it at some point in the future. But again, having some keywords in the domain name without making it too long can definitely help as far as search optimization. Um, again, uh, this is obvious. It's becoming harder and harder to come up with, you know, clever, pithy uh, domain names that were, that are memorable. Um, but still, see, see if you can come up with, you know, some creative way of of um, assembling a, a name uh, that wouldn't easily be mistaken. Um, if you are of a particular ethnicity, where you know the last names are no shorter than six syllables, you may not want to use your last name. Um, again, the, the kind of test that I have for a domain name: if you um, if you come across a car, you know, at, at a at a red light and you know they ask you your domain name and you pull down the window and you tell them if they can remember it without having to write it down when they get back home or to to their office um then then that kind of passes the test but um one problem for example is a lot of attorneys are now using .net or .co domain names problem with that is people usually memorize the portion before the dot and then when they go to punch in the domain name they'll put in a .com automatically so try to avoid that. And um, and there is, um, there is some authority that says that also .com names tend to be viewed with more authority uh, by search engines versus, let's say, .nets. Um, so just something to keep in mind, uh, strong preference for a .com. Again, things you need to uh, kind of keep in mind in terms of a... Um, uh, domain names. Some states will require that it ha- that it be some version of your firm name. Uh, so, if if you don't use it, some states will allow you to to use a different name as long as your official firm name is very clearly written um, on top of every page. Um, it can't. Um, and by the way, if if you're, you can use uh, most states will allow you to use abbreviations of your name. Uh, so Smith and Jones, you could have S and J lawyers, SNJ law, S J law, um, Smith law, uh, Jones law. So generally, when there is a restriction with respect to that, it's somewhat flexible. Uh, again, don't imply an ability to obtain a particular result. Um, and finally. Um, some, some criteria to think about when uh, you're looking to hire someone to build your firm's website. Uh, you want to make sure that they have a lot of experience working with law firms and there are plenty of great companies online that'll do that. Um, so you have plenty of choices out there in the market. Um, I've noticed that some folks are tempted to go with a local provider and I, I get that. I appreciate that. Number one, you want to support your community and, um, some people are also kind of like the physical proximity uh, of just being, you know, with any provider that they work with. Uh, but I think just the expertise of working with uh, law firms uh, is so important that it trumps any of those other considerations. Um, building a building a website takes so many different skill sets. Um, it's not just about Images. There's so many components to it. Of course, there's the coding of the website. Um, uh, there's the choice of images. Um, there's, there's layouts. Um, there's logo and branding. There's messaging. Um, there's content. And you know, it's very hard to find a Renaissance man or woman uh, that kind of excels at all these um, at all these skill sets. Um, so you want to work with a company that that has a team that'll work very cohesively together, um, to kind of, and, and, bring together their wide range of expertise to create an effective uh, presence for you. Um, you also want to make sure that they provide unlimited design revisions. Uh, you don't want to kind of be stuck with, uh, with something that you don't love, you know, after, especially if you made a significant investment, uh, you want to make sure that by the time the site is done, you absolutely love it and you can't wait to show it off. Um, and finally, you want to make sure that you own the design. Um, you know, you don't want to have to kind of lease out, um, you know, the um, the design that's been done for you uh, indefinitely, and you want to be able to kind of use the the look and feel possibly on some other marketing materials. So, I uh, I came up with a little quiz. Uh, Jared, are you there? Let's I, see if I can get right. Jared. Um, I, I was. I,
1: I know. I promised I I'm not sure if you folks
2: um, <laughs> can chime in, but if any of you can identify um, some ethics issues with this, um, or or other issues that you notice with this website, um, if you can just um, uh, maybe use your chat feature to tell me. Let's see if uh, I think there are about eight things that are um, that are wrong with this um, with yeah. this example website. So if any of you want to chime in with some ideas.
1: If you're on the Zoom screen at the bottom, there's a chat tool that you can click on and you can send a response in that way. Um, You can write to everybody and we'll see it. Hey, Fred, I know I promised I was going to interrupt you, but you were crushing it. That was great.
2: And you were right on top. Okay. Uh, Michael says legal cheese images. Yes. Thank (laughs) you. Almost makes me nauseous. (laughs) Okay, excellent. So um, Edward found um, issues. The domain name um, implies ability to obtain a result. Certification, there is none in New York, for example. Exactly. Premier could be dubious. I like that. I might steal that phrase. Thank you. <laughs> implies result. Very good. Thank you, Michael.
1: Anybody else? Six more things, you said, right, Fred?
2: Okay, so there are a couple of other things that are... um, Well, yeah, it doesn't grab you. Thank you, Carolyn. Here we go. Typo on injury. Actually, that that might have been injury. Injury, personal injury. Um, I don't see the typo, but that was probably by mistake.
1: Oh, it's at the bottom Ah, of the page. I see that at the
2: bottom. Thank you. Yes. Yes, there is no firm name. Thank you, Michael. You caught that. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. No is, that. And also, um, I normally present this um, in uh, at bar associations around New York. And New York has um, a requirement to state attorney advertising, not just advertisement. So that's kind of a, a trick one. Uh, but I think you guys got everything. This is excellent. And... Um, I think we're ready for the question and answer session. I don't know, Jared, uh, if you're there, if you can chime in.
1: Yep, I'm here. I'm uh, I'm unmuted now. Um, So, folks, if you have any questions, now is the time. Speak now or forever hold your peace.
2: For some reason, I'm not hearing, Jared, but um, I'll I'll be happy to take your questions. Uh, Michael asks... um, is the firm name okay? Um, I thought that was the firm name. Um, I know, for example, in New York, um, uh, you cannot use a fictitious firm name; it has to be some derivative of um, the existing founders or the uh, or the you know prior founders of the firm. So um, that could be a problem with um, with a lot of other states. Any other questions? your chance. If you go- I'll just give you guys a couple more minutes if you have any other questions. If not, um, okay. I see a question here from um, Edward. Uh, multi-state admission issues Uh, what disclaimer to use if I have a principal office in Massachusetts but hold myself out as admit well I I assume in your question that you're not admitted in New York so that's a misleading statement if that's the case if you're not admitted in New York Um, so that would kind of be a de facto ethics issue Okay, so you're admitted in multiple states. What rules do you, do you comply with? Um, that's a great question. I would assume, uh, and again, I would I would check uh, with the local authority, but I would assume you would have to make a compliance with um, with every um, jurisdiction that in which you practice. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you guys. Um, uh, I think Jared is going to send out my contact information. If you guys want to follow up with me with any other, um, questions or follow ups, I'm happy to um, answer them. Or if you want to reach out to me personally, um, you can just look me up on our website and, uh, I'm happy to have a chat with you personally as well. Uh, thanks again. Um, and, uh, Jared, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Thank you. Thanks, Fred.
1: Um, great presentation. We appreciate it. Um, Michael, I know you had a question that didn't get answered about uh, website visibility. Send me an email at jared at masslomap.org. That's J-A-R-E-D at dot org, And uh, I will get that message to Fred. That's J-A-R-E-D at M-A-S-S-L-O-M-A-P. Fred and I were just having some issues communicating. Um, so Ron asked, what's my background and position? I work for the... Uh, massachusetts low map office law office management assistance program which is a free service for massachusetts attorneys and we host these webinars um so um folks want to get in touch with me you got my email you can also check out our website at masslowmap.org that's m-a-s-s-l-o-m-a-p.org thanks for attending and we will uh, talk to you folks
0: soon Thanks for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join us for the next episode covering legal marketing topics, including promoting, growing, and marketing your law firm and or practice. Subscribe to the RSS feed on legaltalknetwork.com or in iTunes.